Welcome to Beyond Dieting. We're two friends on a mission to disrupt the insanity of diet culture and replace it with something positive, life-affirming, and effective. We are talking to you if you, like us, have felt like a poster child for diet failure, or that diets work for other people, just not you, or like you just can't stick to anything, or this would work if only you were disciplined enough, blah, blah, blah. If that's you, then we are here to tell you that the problem is not you. The problem is dieting. As life coaches, empty nesters, busy entrepreneurs, and menopausal women, we don't believe in a one-size-fits-all approach to health and wellness, but we do know what has worked for us and other women in our programs. What's abundantly clear to us is that there is no silver bullet diet or exercise regimen, period, full stop, and we've tried a lot of them. Stick with us as we explore a variety of doable and motivational ways you can free yourself from a lifetime of yo-yo dieting. It is possible to live a healthier, saner, and more fulfilling life you enjoy. Hello, this is Mimi. And this is Lee. In this podcast, we're talking about why you need mindset support after weight loss surgery. It's so important, this whole idea of what happens after surgery. Lee and I are huge believers in doing mindset work. We do a lot of mindset coaching. And I think um, we've talked about mindset and all of our podcast and programs and live events, because it is the thing that's going to let you really reach all of the goals that you've set for yourself and that your hopes for what life after surgery can look like. Right. And what I've discovered and what we've discovered, what our students and clients have discovered is if you really want to make a change in your life, a big change, and maybe it's been out of reach and it seems hard to do, the way you're going to get there is by rewiring your brain, which might sound super like, if I say it like that, it sounds like maybe even surgical, but, you know, by changing your mindset. And um, I think for a lot of people, they know that. They know this word mindset. They know that's what they need, but they don't know how to do it. They don't know how to do it. Yeah. And I want to say the reason we know that um, our clients think mindset is so important is because they tell us all the time, all the time. Like, it's like, they don't always say exactly mindset, but often they do. When we say, what do you need the most help with? It's not always like getting in enough protein or you know, avoiding snacking. It's like, I need to fix my mindset. I think like if I can figure out like what's driving my thoughts, which is is like the hardest thing to control because it's not a control thing, right? Lee, when you think about like mindset, it's no. not like mind control. No, no. And you can't, yeah, you know, the mindset is not what people think it is. You can't totally erase negative thoughts and you can't totally control negative thoughts. 
but you can learn to work with them and, and, and reach your goals and get things done and change your life in spite of your thoughts, in spite of any negative thoughts or old mindset stuff that's gotten in your way in the past. This is just learning how to deal with it. And, and a lot of people, if they don't say, I want help with mindset, they'll say things like, uh, I want to reduce my anxiety after the surgery, or I want to, I want to stop being so scared all the time that I'm going to gain the weight back, you know, but all of it's really pointing back to mindset, because of course, fear takes place in your mind and anxiety takes place. Um, the, the kind of anxiety they're talking about is taking place in their mind. Yeah. It's like, um, somebody said, I just want to stop thinking about ice cream. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I think the goal really is when I think about ice cream, I've got a plan for what happens when that thought pops in. Mm-hmm. Like I know how to ease it. I know how to help it melt out of my brain so that it doesn't control my behavior mm-hmm. because lots of things can trigger the thought of ice cream in your brain. You could see commercials, you can walk by your refrigerator and think, ding, there's ice cream in there. So it's not like, how do I stop thinking about ice cream? It's like, how do I have better results in my life when thoughts of ice cream occur? Yes. Yeah. But, um, you know, at the heart of it for, um, I think what I see, I mean, I, you know, I go into the Facebook groups for patients who've come out of surgery or they're going into surgery, um, for weight loss surgery and in our own community. And this concept of fear is everywhere. People are so, so scared. You know, first it's the fear about having the surgery. Then it's the fear that comes when you wake up and you're in the early days after surgery, which may not feel super fun yet. And, uh, then there's this constant fear of weight regain. You know, what if it, what if I'm the only person who fails at this? You know, I'll be so embarrassed. You know, I won't be able to do it. Fear of stalling out and not, you know, not really eventually hitting your goal, but just stalling. Fear of complications. Fear that you won't know what to do. Fear that you won't have anyone to turn to. Fear, 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 fear everywhere. <laughs> yeah, and and that's that's why the mindset support after surgery is so important, right? Like. Fear. I mean, I think a lot of it is we are fearful that people are going to judge us mm-hmm. yeah. you know, for our weight, for how we look. Um, I know women that have had surgery feel as though everybody's going to judge them for having the surgery. And people do like you're dealing. Some of these fears are realities like and, and then what do you do? You know, and so some of it's just fear, but then some of it's fear based on you know, a tiny, teeny bit of fact, but, you know, so if you know that, that just kind of makes you want to hang on to the fear even more (laughs) when really that's not going to help. The fear is not the thing that's going to help you. So having the fear is a very unpleasant sensation. And, and some of the fears, like people will sometimes judge you for having the surgery, you know, that absolutely happens to some people. Um, you know, fear that people won't accept you after you lose the weight that that actually can happen. Um, fear about relationship changes, fear that, um, your food addictions and cravings will come back to some degree that can happen. And that's not to just make people who are already scared quake in their boots, but, you know, um, I think there's a fear of like a loss of identity. 
Mm-hmm. Yes. Or like I've always been like, the, I know how to be that person. Like yes. I've always been that heavy person. I know what that feels like. I know how to move through the world like that. So it's, a, that's a big change when all of a sudden you're not that person anymore that, well, who am I now? And how, how am I going to figure out how to adjust to being the not fat person being the, yeah, that's, that's actually a big one, Mimi. Um, that is, that, that is a really big one. And people sometimes aren't prepared for the identity changes that happen. And then when they do start to happen, then they get scared. (laughs) Then the fear creeps in. And so fear is just a reaction to a thought you're having. Um, or maybe some something around you notice that you know something is happening and then you have a reaction to that and then you have thoughts about the thing that's happening um but the fear itself is and and as everyone knows you know cuz our our clients and community members tell us that they know that the fear isn't helping them they don't want to have the fear they know that it's holding them back and it's just very unpleasant you know if nothing else And so the good news is it is possible to learn how to um, not fear so much, not be in so much fear. And because fear is exhausting. It's exhausting. It takes up a lot of your brain space and a lot of your daily capacity. I keep hearing capacity everywhere. That Mm -hmm. must be like a buzzword that's happening in the in the coaching world. So now I've actually heard a news reporter talking about it. This idea of how much capacity does a human have in the day for emotion, for thought, for action. And when so much of your energy is expended on fear, then it doesn't leave a lot for loving your family, for doing a good job, for picking up a hobby. It's like every decision and every thought that's flowing through there, if it's fear-based, is just draining you for something that would be a lot more enjoyable to do. Yeah, emotionally and energetically, it's very draining. And there there, you know, actual biochemical processes at play. It changes your biochemistry to be in a state of fear all the time. And that can make you just feel really drained and, and sometimes feel hard to come back from because you you are exhausted. It's it's a real thing. So um the reason you need mindset support after weight loss surgery is to help you manage and move through all the fears. The fears, like a hall of mirrors, they're still going to be there to some degree. But when you learn how to work on your mindset, you're learning uh, a skill set and and you're developing tools that you can use so that the fear doesn't hold you back, that it doesn't become a self-fulfilling prophecy, because sometimes that can happen with fear. Um, so when you work on your mindset and you get help from a mindset coach, um, what you're learning is how to move through the fear, not let it you know, give you results you don't actually want, you know? Yeah, yeah. So you told me a Martha Beck quote one time when she was talking about what fear. fear yeah. Is. I was just listening to her today. She has a great um, thing that she says that uh, I just heard it today, but it's the opposite of fear is not calm. It's curiosity. So this is great. This is a great quote for many reasons um, because 
I think a lot of people are like, I'm just never, I'm not a calm person. I can't be calm. You know, calm is not the goal. Calm is not actually the goal if you want to move out of fear. Now, do we also have um, mindset tools that help you calm yourself down? We absolutely do. So yes, you can work on becoming more calmer. uh, But the opposite of fear is because fear is doing something very specific to your brain as well. To move out of that part of your brain and what that's you know, all the signals it's sending to your body, um, moving into a state of curiosity is a very different function in your brain. And it opens up possibilities. It makes you more creative. It, it energizes you. It motivates you to be curious about things. So the opposite of fear is actually curiosity. Yeah, I love that. I love that what you said, calm is not the goal. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do. Uh, you know, being able to calm your body as well as your mind, like to be able to ground it, that's how you can start to move yourself out of fear. So, um, but I'd love the idea that the opposite mm-hmm. is curiosity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So calm because, is still a worthy goal. <laughs> yeah. Calm is a worthy goal. Um, I mean, but it's not what's going to, chase the fear. It's not what's going to help eliminate the fear. It's what's going to allow you to do the work on the fear. And we talk about curiosity a lot and how that's so important has a doorway into um, figuring out what works for you. Right. Right. I love that. That's such a, a counterbalance to fear. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, think about any time in your life when you've become really curious about a topic Um, Like suddenly, I don't know, you're just like Googling stuff, stuff comes up in your feed and suddenly you see something about howler monkeys in Costa Rica and, you know, it's just an intriguing photo. And then you start down a click funnel of, you know, all the different, you know, pictures of howler monkeys and places where you might see them. And then you start reading about them and your brain is kind of on fire with this curiosity about something. And when you get like that you're super energized. Suddenly you're very focused, you're energized, time just disappears. And when you're in that state, there is no fear. There's no fear. So moving into a state of curiosity, not only is it energizing, but you know, there's like this absence of fear in that moment of being highly curious. Yeah, so would we say, like we've said mindset, 200 times tonight already, probably, I'm not sure. And there's this notion that, oh, I know what mindset is. You know, like I've talked about so often, but maybe everybody listening um, doesn't actually know what mindset is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Mimi, when you think about mindset and yourself, like Mm -hmm. how you first kind of hooked into this idea of mindset, what do you think it is? For me, I think it's the mindset are, I think it's linked to my beliefs um, about myself, about a situation. Um, It's like my mindset is how I process all of the information that's around me out there in the world. So it's going to be unique to me, right? But it's probably been influenced by my parents, um, where I grew up, you know, what my surroundings are. 
but I think my mindset, and I think it also um, is tied into like what I think my capabilities and possibilities are, like what, so like I can see the situation, I make an informed opinion about it. And then I also form an opinion about how I interact within that situation, whether I think I'll be successful here or not successful here. Hmm. And can you think of like, I'm just curious, like moments where you really shifted, where you knew you really shifted your mindset around something. Do you have any big moments where it was like, you know, the clouds parted and you just suddenly made this huge shift? Yeah, I have a really clear one. One time I had to give a, a talk to a group of men. I was going to be the only woman in the room. Um, and I had been asked to fill in for my boss, who was a man. So they were expecting an older man to walk in. And um, I was probably 10 to 15 years younger than what they were expecting to come in. And I was a female and I have a fear of public speaking. So if I'm sitting in a room at a conference table with everybody else, I don't care who it is. I can talk very easily to them, but put me behind a podium and I go into a, a pure panic. So I was sitting outside the room before they called me in to come in and give my presentation. And I was trying to think like, I, I am walking in here in this total fear mindset that I'm going to fail. Everybody's going to know I'm going to be nervous. My voice is going to be quivering. I can't talk at a podium. And so then I said to myself, what I have to believe is that I'm sitting at a table and that I'm just talking to all of these people from the space of the table. And I have to shift my mind into if I was just sitting at a table talking to them, how would I behave? What fears would I have? What confidence would I have? And it really shifted how I gave that presentation. I wasn't stellar, but I wasn't as off the rails as I thought I was going to be. Oh, I love that so much, Mimi. Like, what if we were just sitting at a table? if we were just sitting at a table yeah. that's great I, I and I hold on to that moment like when you have moments that you know you've shifted your mindset and you had to call on a more confident version of you or a more creative version of you then um you can translate that to other situations so I'm like I can think when I get in another tough situation remember how creative you were when you figured out how to give that presentation that's the energy you need now to figure this out mm -hmm. That's right. Yeah. You can borrow on your past strength and that, you know, whatever helped you do the shift. And that's the cool thing. That's where that part of your brain that gets curious is there again. It's like, how can I use this past time when I made the shift? How can I apply it to this time? And then suddenly you opened up that curiosity again. Yeah. I was, um, I was listening today. I just happened to be on a call where, um, this woman was doing, she was, she was being coached through some mindset stuff. And so part of the exercise was, and, you know, in our programs, we do this to you write down your thoughts, the thoughts you're having. And so she has this long litany, this long list of thoughts that she was having about this situation. And she was, when she started to read it, she was in tears, you know, because it was an upsetting, it was upsetting her. It was, she was fearful. She was angry, you know, and so she wrote down and she started just, she just was reading the list and she suddenly she started giggling 
And then she started cracking up and then she was just laughing so hard. She was crying because she realized how ridiculous her thoughts were. <laughs> she just started hearing it. And it was, so it was such a great, um, it was such a great um, call because yeah. she really got it. She, she was shifting as she was reading her thoughts. That's really fun when you can see somebody in the middle of the shift. Oh, it was so great. Yeah. That's good. How would you describe mindset? Um, you know, um, Elizabeth Gilbert, an author who wrote Eat, Pray, Love, talks about, like, she talks about her own mind as a neighborhood, but a bad one at night, you know, <laughs> she, she's like, my, my, my mind can be a scary place to be. And, um, you know, she was talking about her passion, she would do anything not to be there. And so if you think of your mind like a neighborhood, you know, what kind of neighborhood do you want to live in? You know, what kind of neighborhood would support you? What kind of community would support you? You have all these thoughts and beliefs and voices really in your head talking to you all day long. You're kind of talking to yourself all day long. You know, what kind of um, environment do you really want in there? So mindset to me is the environment that, that I'm creating in my own mind to set me up for what I want, how I want my life to feel. You know, if I want to feel a certain way, I know I need to be thinking a certain way. And then so the way I create the, the conditions for feeling good, feeling better, feeling like I can get things done, um, creating a sense of clarity and motivation is, um, just starting to notice what I'm thinking and then I can, I realize I have control over what I'm thinking, <laughs> you know, so mindset is, is what I'm thinking, but it's the environment that I'm putting myself in at all times. Yeah. That's really interesting. That's really interesting. And I think, you you know, we started this podcast kind of talking about all the fears that people carry around in their mind, in that environment, in that neighborhood they've got happening mm -hmm. up there. So when you think of like the idea of doing mindset work and having mindset support, like what's the opposite side then you're getting curious, you've got all these fears, like what happens then when you start to figure out how to um, improve and clean up your neighborhoods? Yeah. So, I mean, it's amazing what happens when people first learn to do this in a way that really works. Sometimes people have tried some things that didn't work, but We've watched, Mimi, we've been in the room with people, like even if it's a Zoom room, watching people start to really learn, you know, and it's through a series of exercises, you know, it's learning some mindset kind of exercises that help you start to understand how to work with your thoughts. But what happens when you start to do this, I mean, it's almost miraculous, but you learn to manage your fears, calm your anxiety. It helps you learn about the mindset that got you into kind of a situation that maybe wasn't so ideal. Um, it helps you learn how to get out of a situation. Um, suddenly you see, you, you become more clear. Um, you don't freak out when you have in, in a weight loss context, you don't, you're not as likely to freak out when you have a stall or a plateau again. Yeah, I just want to interject. Yeah, and even if you do freak out, you know how to 
step back, like the woman late you were just talking about in that mind to sort of laugh a little about it. Like I'm freaking out about something that's so normal. Yeah. It's gonna ha- it's happened to me in the past. It's gonna happen to me in the future. It's happening to me now. So it's like it can help you not freak out and it can help you start to think, okay, I'm freaking out. I can see myself freaking out and I know how how to make myself feel better in this situation. Like it lets you yeah. catch quicker. Yeah, it's that ability to observe yourself. You start developing this, you, you've had it ever since you were born, but you you can kind of lose the ability to see that you have this ability um, over time because we don't talk about it much in our culture. But when you start doing mindset work and, and learning to work with your thoughts, suddenly you develop this part of your brain. Um, it, um, it just gets a stronger muscle to be able to see what you're doing, which enabled that woman to just start cracking up, you know, seeing all her angry thoughts, fearful thoughts, you know, suddenly it was just funny to her. And um, it trains you to spot it when it's happening. And then when you can spot it, you can stop it. Yeah. You learn, you learn tools to help you stop yeah. it. And I want to say most people listening have probably been doing it. Mm-hmm. All like you have been already improving your mindset your whole life. Yeah. And not like the situation I told about, like having to mentally transition this podium into a table. I didn't know anything about mindset. Mm-hmm. Like I had no idea that I was shifting my mindset and stepping into a positive version of my reality. It's only in looking back on it that I can say, oh, that's what was happening there. Yeah. I was getting curious about what would be a better mindset here. And then, so I, I imagine that people listening have, have had lots of experiences when that's happened to you, just as I've had experience when I sure wish I could have changed my mindset right. in a certain situation it would have, you know, helped me maneuver through that situation a lot better. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because, um, you know, I know we've heard some people say, well, I just, I don't think I can do that. My brain just doesn't work that way, blah, blah, blah. And what Mimi just said is, you know, it points to you have a natural ability to do it for yourself. You're, you were designed to be able to do this. It's just, you know, kind of our modern culture keeps us so busy and frantic and running all over the place and kind of encourages um, not being mindful and observing yourself. Um, and so we we don't realize we have that ability and still until we start to play with it again. Yeah, it was good. Um, and I think some of the other things, sorry, I interrupted you when you were talking about all the good things that can happen when you start to manage your fears. But I think it's really tactical things too. Like you start to choose the right foods that the foods that work for you, mm-hmm. you know, you start to recognize when, um, when you're hungry and to eat from hunger and when you're bored and you just want to eat because you're bored or because you're something has triggered you. It's like this mindset work really, it isn't just, a um, for situations that are more emotional and things It really has some practical implications. It's very practical and it absolutely helps you on your weight loss journey and, and your maintenance, you know, uh, weight loss maintenance. Uh, it helps you see the thoughts that are going to cause maybe a problematic behavior and then you catch it 
And then if you've done mindset where you kind of know some tools to help you shift it and you, you start to be able to do that on the fly, just as you go through the day, you see a thought, a craving, you, you recognize it, you know what to do. You can kind of relax around it. And um, then you start making better choices in just moments in your day. And then you get very different results, you know, results that you really want. Yeah, I think it, um, it gives you like resilience. Mm-hmm. So like when things get hard and you think, I don't know, like this is a really tough moment. Those are going to happen in all aspects of your life, not just around your weight. Um, so I, that's a good thing that we should talk about. Like we're talking specifically about mindset and getting curious as, as it helps with weight loss, but it really translates to everything. Like the yes. examples that we use were not necessarily food related. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's the beauty of, um, of learning mindset it is especially important after weight loss surgery to help maintain the success that the surgery is going to give you, but it's going to help you in so many amazing ways. Yeah. And, and resilience is a really good word. It helps you not give up when things go wrong, because when we do give up, it's because we're having thoughts like I can't do it. I'll never, this will never work, blah, blah, blah. All these like doomsday thoughts. And that's when people give up. But when you start to notice your thoughts and you train your brain to catch those thoughts, you're less, you'll, you might still be having those thoughts, but you don't react to them the same way. You, you see, oh yeah, this is happening, but I'm not going to buy into that. And then you can make better decisions. Yeah. You're not and as I, likely to give up. Yeah. And I think it, um, it helps you know when it's time to ask for help, when, when all of your resilience and motivation and, um, and the fear starts to creep in, you know, this staying in this curious mindset is going to open you up to that sort of thinking outside the box. What can I do now? You know, what's a solution for me? And maybe I don't have it. Maybe the solution is I need to bring somebody else in. I need to ask for help. It's really hard. I think we're a society that doesn't like to ask for help, but I think as women, we've been raised to just figure it out and just do it and not burden somebody else with, you know, what our needs are and what our fears are. But right. I think right mindset, it's like, I really need to reach out and get support now. Right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, um, you know, we're in episode, uh, we're season one, episode 21 right now. And, um, the previous episode of season one, episode 20, we were talking about, you know, building confidence in yourself and developing the curiosity to figure things out and the patience to find a solution, developing nerves of steel. And that all relates to mindset. And so when you learn to work on your mindset, you do get more confident, you're more curious, you're more patient, uh, you're more likely to have the clarity to figure things out. And you it gives you ner- seemingly nerves of steel because you don't cave into all the negativity as easily. Yeah. And if anything summed up why you need mindset support after weight loss surgery, I think it would be those sentences that you just said, Lee. It's so critical in building confidence, curiosity, patience, and nerves of steel. Yeah, because it is, it, it's a big step to have weight loss surgery. It's, it's a big thing somebody's done and it is a journey and you do need some friends along the way. And one of the friends is mindset <laughs> to help you, help you get through it. 
Yeah. So I'm glad you came in. I'm glad you listened to this podcast today. I'll link to the one that Lee referenced earlier. So you can go back. It's, it's a different way of coming at this same ability to get confidence and curious and mm-hmm. um, nerves of steel. So it's nerves just, steel. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So there's this song called You've Got the Love by Florence and the Machine, but it was actually written. What I love about this song is um, I was curious. I got curious one day um, when I was listening to it. I'm like, I wonder what the song is about, because it sounded like it had this definite gospel vibe to it. And Florence in the Machine is like this woman who sings over in you know Great Britain. And so I was like, well, how does this gospel kind of vibe creep in there? And then I discovered it was written by a woman named Candy Station here in the United States. And she had... Um, been hired to write this song for a video about the world's fattest man. That's the way, I mean, that's not my language. That's the way they describe it. Uh, But there was a video, they were following the journey of the quote unquote world's fattest man and his attempt to lose weight. And Candy Station wrote this kind of gospel um, song uh, called You've Got the Love about his journey and finding hope and resilience and, um, you know, the patience and nerves of steel to see, see him through. So uh, it's a great song. I love the song. It really is. It's beautiful. You really relies on the faith. It's like a lot of faith. In faith this in the yeah. song. So um, we'll have the link to that too. We have a Spotify playlist where we put like at the end of each podcast, we come up with a song and we put them in the playlist. We have a bunch of really great songs in the playlist. So if you're ever on Spotify, and you want something to listen to pop over into the yeah, it's an it's an upbeat kind of playlist. Feel good, feel good music. Yeah, yeah. And thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. Hey there! Thank you so much for listening. In fact, if this resonated with you and you know someone else who needs to hear this, please share our episodes. We would just love that. We also would love it if you would follow, subscribe, and rate our channel because this lets us know you're actually there and it helps us show up in searches, which would be awesome. Please be a part of our community and mission to help as many women as possible free themselves from diet culture so that they can go beyond dieting.